Welcome, everybody, to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese. I'm back with Nathan Savage and that soul cow, Seahawk, Rob English. And on the boards, of course, is the soul man, Brian Solak. All right, guys, we're back from a uh, yet another ugly, ugly win uh, against, uh, this time, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I, I think, uh, Nathan, what you said a couple weeks ago, this is how it's going to be, isn't it? <laughs> Just ugly game after ugly game. Yeah, maybe we got to talk about this next game uh, soon, but at least for the teams that are coming up and the teams that we're playing recently just with really solid defensive lines, um, not as good maybe on the offensive side of things. It's just going to be those old school kind of a little bit grimy games, yeah. Definitely. Uh, Oh yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna be it's you know it's gonna be ugly. Um, I, it, certainly if we don't figure out uh, what's going on with the offense. But what I will say is, you know, during p- periods of time where we were really good, um, we found ways to win ugly games. We we won ugly a lot. I think we we kind of forget about that um, because you know there was such a we had, we experienced such a long period of time of being really good that you don't worry about you, you don't worry about those games that you just kind of won ugly because you won and when you're going to the playoffs and making it to the NFC championship and things like that and or at least the divisional round you kind of forget those things quick so winning ugly is a is a valuable tool um that you is easily forgotten about after the fact i think you're going to be that guy right you're going to be the one that's like i want an exciting game every week down to the nitty gritty rob <laughs> can't we just blow a team out every once in a while I would very much like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> was was this a bad look looking so ugly? I mean, is this a, uh, you know, as we reflect on, I think especially the offense, um, is there uh, is, is there a fundamental root underlying problem or is this just a, just some bad mojo in the last couple of weeks? Like, do, we, um, do you guys I guess, like, yeah. So I guess for me, I would say on one thing, though, on a high note, I think in the two losses, it seemed like Gino late in the game would just still never figure it out. He would start getting in trouble on offense. They couldn't move the ball. And by the end of the game, they just still couldn't figure out the game would end. And one thing I was really excited about this week was they figured it out in the end to win the game. They needed that one drive. They needed that one little bit of magic, maybe even old school like Russ style where you just need something to get going and it feels like you'll get it at the end of the game and you win. And, and this week they were able to do it. But I will say on that fundamental side of things, not to, again, be talking about the O-line, but against teams where it's close to elite or an elite level of D-line, it seems like that's a really almost like Achilles heel with Geno. Um, honestly, I saw a similar thing with this Ravens team against the Lions, where Jared Goff is, like, leading the NFL in so many major stats as QB. Maybe he was even looking like an MVP contender, but he once he loses that protection, once an elite D-line comes into town, he turns into almost like, you know, jello and just kind of, like, falls apart. So, um, yeah. Let's talk about the Ravens. Do you guys think the Ravens are an elite defense, or are they getting by on, on brand name? Uh, well, the Ravens – do I don't know I don't know if you apply the 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 tag of elite but they're very good um and their 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 secondary is is 
at or near at the top of the league as well. So, um, you know, they, they've been playing well this year. You know, they, they may or may not have the, the, the marquee names you're looking for, but they've been playing well. So um, we're definitely going to have our hands full on, on the offensive side of the ball. What do you guys think about defensively? Um, Lamar Jackson seems to be making a comeback, uh, you know, from a couple, a couple of years that were a little bit off. Um, Seahawks do not stop running quarterbacks very well. We didn't do it against Dobbs. We didn't do it against uh, uh, P.J. Walker is his name, I believe, uh, the 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 Cleveland quarterback. Um, are we looking at some trouble here? Are you guys, or do you guys think uh, uh, we can we can learn from our past mistakes here? So I guess again. That is totally the weakness, I would say, right now, it seems like, with the defense, and especially on third down defense and letting drives extend. I do think Lamar is the type of QB that, against our secondary and how elite it's been, could easily you know, end up with two picks in the game. But if they don't get those turnovers, I think he's really going to be able to extend drives with his legs. And you know, as good as Josh Dobb looked on that um, – 25-yard touchdown run against the Seahawks. I think Lamar Jackson's going to look a lot faster, a lot more shifty. And um, it just feels like that's the type of quarterback that will come in and be able to march down the field and extend drives, keep Geno off the field, and actually be able to have these ascended drives against the Seahawks. Yeah, I think – I mean, he's Lamar Jackson, right? At the end of the day, he is Lamar Jackson. So the his, the threat to run the football is always going to be there. But I think he only ran the ball last week for like two yards. So – but the – the um, the you know, the, the changeup, though, there was their running back, whose name was escaping me in the moment, uh, he ran the ball very well. So when you have two running threats – um, you know, on an offense, you know, and you got, you get it, you have that, that danger of that kind of that read option look. Um, you don't know who's going to, who's actually going to be leaving, you know, leaving the backfield with the ball. It, it becomes difficult. And, uh, we have looked good against the run. Um, it's sad because historically we actually have, we've historically been good against running quarterbacks, but here recently we've had a little trouble. Um, I think it's really going to come down to if the offense can keep pace. Uh, I think, I don't know. I don't see how we keep, uh, uh Baltimore out of the end zone. Oh boy, but that's kind of the reason, guys, why they brought in the big cat himself, right? Uh, Leonard Williams from the uh, New York Giants. Um, I, I, this is an attempt to try to buckle down on that run defense, right? The run defense, and not, and not only that, and and to keep the pass rush, you know, strong. I think um, uh, on both on both accounts. Does he have some push on the pass rush? I believe he does. Uh, I don't. I don't. He's not. The, he's not a super fast guy, but but he's but he's solid. Um, you know. But uh, his his tape his tape says that he he actually can be a force uh, rushing the passer. But he's certainly getting into the run. Um, uh, it, but I think you know him coming in is going to add just another another player. You know, obviously to make up for our uh, our loss that we had, but another player to the rotation to make, keep the guys fresh. Right on, uh, Nathan. This guy, this guy uh, used to go around USC on a skateboard with a pet iguana. Um, Pete Carroll type of guy? Yeah, and, and I think the big one, um, I think I heard it on sports radio in Seattle, um, but they pulled someone in from New York to talk about him. And the really big one with him is he just stays on the field. He almost doesn't miss any games. He can play 90% of the stats. 
and he'll play those snaps on like a pro bowl or even at times all pro level. And I think just taking a lot of pressure off someone like Frank Clark means Frank Clark is going to be in the backfield all game. Uh, Boye Moffey's on like a five game, I think sack streak. Those guys aren't necessarily going to win you the game, you know, shutting down the run. And it just takes so much pressure off of them and the attention onto the guy, big guy in the middle. And I think that's just going to really help the D line. Um, we noticed on certain plays, it felt like a lot of the edges would kind of collapse and they'd run right through that. And I think some of that pressure won't be on the um, edge rushers to worry about the run game when you have a guy like that playing almost every single game and as many snaps as he needs to. And um, yeah, I'm actually really excited about him. Two, two things. One, you didn't, you didn't bristle at the fact that he had a pet iguana uh, and used to skip. <laughs> yeah. um, that doesn't seem to bother you. Um, but two, uh, to, to the point of the edge rushers, I don't know about guy, about this guy's last couple of weeks. I find that our edge rushers crash down too much. They're too aggressive, especially on the run. And, it it lets lets big plays happen, especially on those screens, and I worry about that. Yeah, the screens. Not to mention, um, you know, again, we with a with a, a running quarterback and a good running back. You know, again, if if they try to if they crash down on a on a read option look, I mean, Lamar Jackson around the edge is going to be nasty. Um, so um, yeah, I, I I think that they will. Um, game plan for this, though. I, I have to I have to imagine that the they're going to be looking at the tape in the you know in the auditorium over the course of this week, and and you know uh, reminding our edge rushers to to not crash so hard on what they think they see. Um, yeah, to your point, if if they do, uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be rough. Guys, Moffe had a big game last week. Uh, is this was that his coming out party? I mean, I think he set tied the Seahawks record for most yeah. sacks in a row. And um, I feel like when they announced it, it came out of nowhere. So if <laughs> you could say it like that. It was a little bit of a coming out party. But I do remember his name a few times last year, and he's flashed at times. And I think he's just another product of just the secondary being so shut down. It gives that extra little bit of couple steps maybe to get to the quarterback that last year in particular we were missing. And I'm just really excited that that's the one part of the field where I think we'd really dominate the Ravens and Lamar Jackson is just, I don't think his wide receivers quite match up. I'm a little worried about Andrews in the middle, their tight end, but in terms of wide receivers, I think our corners can really shut them down and maybe even get some turnovers. So, yeah. Is, is Jamal Adams playing at a different level than previously? I, I see him all over the place. Uh, he did that header to, to win the game. Yeah. Um, seems like some renewed vigor in, um, uh, Jamal Adams. Ah, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, I have reservations and, and not that he's not out there playing, uh, you know, with, with renewed vigor, as you put it, or, or even that he's, you know, playing a hundred percent. It's just that, you know, that, that header looked just is, is, I mean, sure, sure he, he jumped 50, 50 feet in the air. Number one, that, that was, it was an amazing, 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 physical effort, if nothing else, right? But, I mean, was it not maybe just as much of a 
freak accident or, you know, as much as, as much as it was, you know, his ability. I mean, he didn't put his hand up. It didn't look like to me, you know, the ball literally bounced off of his head. And I, I feel like that we may have just been um, the, for, the fortunate, you know, beneficiary of, of that play as so much as it was a play actually made. Obviously, the, someone had to catch it on the uh, on the other end, but um, I don't know. I, I, I'm happy for it to happen the way that it did. But, um, I mean, you know, make, make great, great players, you know, create great teams, create their own luck. Great, you know, people who are good. If you're good at something, you create your own luck, right? So maybe that's just how it works. But I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm, how much I'm putting on it. Yeah, I'm glad, though, you mentioned that header because for me, that's just so Jamal Adams. And it feels like the other part of Jamal Adams that was tough to watch were those passes over his head where you mm-hmm. get burned. And it does feel like, um, just having Tariq matched up with Witherspoon gives him a little bit more freedom to go wild, be Jamal Adams, play all over the field, head some balls for some interceptions. And <laughs> that is one thing I'm liking about um, where he's at with this team is it feels like this team and the way the defense is set up lets people like Adams play the way Adams wants to play, be a freak all over the field, do what he wants to do, and just try to make plays to win the game. Yeah. Speaking of Witherspoon, uh, NFL rookie uh, or defensive rookie of the month. Um, mm. We're 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 seven games in with uh, Witherspoon. Actually, Witherspoon's probably played five of those seven. Um, initial thoughts. I mean, I know there were a lot of people thinking, do we really spend a five fifth overall on a cornerback? I mean, his play is speaking for itself. Um, I mean, he's. He's out there making plays over and over again. He's being a force. He's throwing his body around. He's making big hits. I mean, you, you, we haven't since he's been on the field. We haven't had a game where we didn't talk about him. Um, he certainly, he's certainly putting his name in the hat. Um, I was questionable about the pick, you know, you know, in full disclosure. Um, but it seems to be a hit. Um, so, you know, you can't take anything away. You got to give, got to give people their flowers when they deserve it. And Devin Witherspoon is certainly earning his and Pete and John are, are showing that, you know, after all, they do know what they're doing still. I have to laugh. You said you were questionable about the pick. Um, I do, I do. Yeah. I find you questionable. Uh, so, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I would say, um, I would say too, last week, I know, you know, PJ Walker's no Matthew Stafford or even Jared Goff this season, but, um, Woolen and Witherspoon, when they were targeted, they gave in a, they gave up a six and a half passer rating last week. Like they were the definition of shutdown. I think it's, that's pretty close to if you just threw the ball at the ground every play. So, um, you know, there was some little bit of ticky tack kind of penalties on Woolen or maybe a pick that he could have grabbed and it would look even better. And it just felt like even though they're at, you know, rookie of the month level, uh, Witherspoon, and then the way Woolen's playing as well now. It just seems like the sky's the limit. It seems like they can do even more. They can impact the game more. And I'm just really excited to watch how much, you know, they're going to grow this season. Granted, we got to give, we got to give them more games, but I mean, where, how are you guys feeling about Witherspoon, Enrique Woolen, uh, Julian Love, you know, uh, Diggs, Adams as, uh, Legion of Boom 2.0? Um, I, I think they have the makings of being indeed that, you know, LOB 2.0. I don't really like that name. I've, I've, I think I've tried to stay consistent in that. I've, I, we should stay away from that. 
Um, but if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna twist our arm, right, and and make us call them that, then then fine. If if they can actually live up to it, um, I think really the however good they're going to look though is going to be dependent on on how we do on the front though. If if we can continue being good on the front, just even just you don't have to be great on the front, just good on the front. Um, then yeah, I think that secondary uh, has, I mean, it, the, the, the sky's the limit. I know what Nathan's going to say, so I want to get to you, SoCal. Nathan, <laughs> you can follow up. Um, when yeah. Chase Young went to the Niners, when uh, Montez Sweat went to the Bears, what was your what was your initial thought, SoCal? Um, as far as did the Seahawks lose out? I, it felt like it, it really felt like you know. So we we signed um, uh, uh, Leonard Williams, and I was like, great. Awesome! This is wonderful, and because a lot, my only concern is the San Francisco 49ers, right? So uh, they, we we signed Little and this is great. And then it, it was it less than twenty four hours later, right? Uh, they go and they get Chase Young, and I'm like, damn it! They just have to keep one up in us, <laughs> right? Like it's just like just just like we, we took over first place. We went and got a, a good pass rusher. Like we're really solidifying our spot here. We're, we're we're making a push to take this division, and then they go get Chase Young. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so here we are back to square one. I mean, we're still in first place, but, um, you know, the, the Niners just really just, I mean, they indeed got better. You can't, there's no argument there. They got better on, on, on their front side, on their front end, on the defense. And, um, you know, they, they've just become more of a problem. Now we'll see what's going on with their offense, but, uh, their defense definitely got better. And, and I, and I, yeah, I was, I was rubbed to say the least. And then Nathan, you said you, I, I, I texted with you and I know, you have some comments on this and why Leonard Williams was actually a decent pickup, even though it may have cost us more. Yeah. So for me, I actually would rather have Chase Young or Sweat, but given the cap situation with the Seahawks, they just don't have that flexibility. And it seems like Sweat, for example, is about to get a huge payday and the Bears will probably give that to him. They have an insane amount of cap room, actually, um, with the rookie deal on um their quarterback and it's similar kind of with the 49ers and Purdy. So yeah, I would really like sweat. I would like this premier chase or um, chase young, like, you know, defensive end. But I think given the cap space, given that um, the giants are willing to pay for Leonard Williams contract this year, I just think we got about as good as we could get. Yes. It's a bummer that the Niners seem <laughs> to be just full in on the arms race with us. But at the same time, with this team, even without Leonard Williams, the Seahawks are one-upping them so far this season. And, um, I mean, those are just going to be some really fun games around Thanksgiving. And um, hopefully Leonard Williams is, you know, a bigger impact than Chase Young ends up being. Two, right. two guys that uh, don't get the publicity, but uh, you brought them up earlier, Rob. You said uh, Frank Clark. Um, and then also on the offensive side, Jason Peters. Uh, we got to see both of them on Sunday. Uh, any initial impressions, you know, are are these good fits? Are they just average guys or um, swings and misses? What do you guys think? Well, I think Jason Peters played great. I don't think he – I don't think he gave up anything. Um, yeah, so, I mean, him coming in as a, you know, a little, a, you know, a little longer in the tooth, um, you know, you, you, you kind of question what are you going to get out of this guy. And, and, you know, and, you know, so far, so good. And I, and I hope that continues. Um, Frank Clark was effective, 
immediately. I think one of his first, uh, one of his first plays on plays on the field, he was uh, in the face of the quarterback. Um, didn't get the sack, but he definitely affected the play. <clears throat> Excuse me, affected the play. So, um, yeah, so far, um, you know, those two additions are 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 working wonders. I, I it it looks like. Um, you know, as we progress through the season and you have the, the, um, the attrition, you know, that certainly is going to settle in, sit in at some point. Um, it looks like the guys that we have on the roster are, are going to be able to, um, you know, to, to, to wear the shoe or, or, or fill the roles and, and, and be competitive. So it's looking good. I feel like you, I feel like those are sneaky. Those are two sneaky good picks. Uh, obviously, Frank Clark got a little ham, hammy, uh, so he couldn't play the whole game, but, um, uh, what about you, Nathan? What are your thoughts on those two pickups? Yeah, so I might be a little out there, and I like watching defense a lot. And this Cleveland team, I've watched a few games of theirs, and Miles Garrett might be the best DN in the NFL. You know, maybe it's Bo- the Bosa or, or Watt crowd on that. But he's just played at such an insane level. You've heard his name every game. He's always in the backfield. And this is one of the first games where I felt like we just – no one said Miles Garrett the whole game. Mm-hmm. And that's – Peters right there. And I, I think it gets underrated sometimes on the O-line when you, um, you know, it's just not talked about, but that is insane. That might've been the best player in the entire game, shutting down like a premier, premier D end in the NFL and making it like, was he in the game? We're not sure. Maybe Miles Garrett was off, you know, maybe got a little too heavy of a Halloween costume and didn't have <laughs> the energy. I'm not sure, but I just all year long, I haven't seen that. He's been a game wrecker and, the O line, and I think Peters in particular just made him a non-factor, and that was awesome. and and to and to Nate's point, they did move uh, Garrett around. You know, they did they did they did switch him, uh, you know, from side to side a couple of times, and he's still, you know, so I mean, this makeshift line is is working. I mean, imagine how good we're going to be when we get everybody back because they they Garrett didn't just stay on one side the whole time, and he still he ended up finally getting one sack at the end, right? So, um, yeah, uh, it's it's working. Don't rock the boat. So Cal. Sometimes I sometimes I feel like we're surrounded by fools, by people who don't have any faith in what you and I have to say. Because you and I both said, don't sell the Seahawks short, and we think the 49ers are going to have to take a step back. So who's in first place? You, you and I, Rob, <laughs> we said they'd be in first place in the in the NL, you know, NFC West. Uh, and, and then some other people that are sometimes on the show. Uh, maybe one who's even producing doubted us. Doubted us. <laughs> yes, um, you know, I, I I have to be totally forthcoming. I, I I did believe that there was a chance that we could end up in this position, um, but when you look at weeks one through what one through five or or whatever, you know, the the, the Niners did look unstoppable. I mean, and and I do believe that if when and if they get back to full strength. Um, they're still going to be a problem. Um, but we have positioned ourselves at this point to be able to push and make that run, you know, uh, especially when we got Thanksgiving coming up. And if we can squeeze out, if we can just split the series with the 49ers, that's going to be huge. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we've, uh, we, 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 I was obviously hopeful. Um, and I had a feeling that, you know, this Brock Purdy thing that's happening, that, and that, that for sure I called. I for sure called that, you know, and, and we are learning that without all of those weapons, Right. Yeah. Brock Purdy looks very much human. You know, it, it's like, OK, they were talking about this guy was going to be MVP four weeks into the season. And you take away just one weapon, one offensive weapon, one one uh, left tackle. And he, you know, he, he's 
He's just a dude. He's just he's Jack. What, what did um what's what's his name called? Jag, just a guy. He's just a guy. Yeah, just another guy. Yep. yep. <laughs> just another guy. Yeah, I, I you're SoCal, by the way, you're a better man than me. Uh I would have laid into the soul man and that dirty <laughs> uh, I was setting you up for it and you took the high road. Good for you. How <laughs> about you, Nathan? Well where, where do you feel like uh you know we're in first place here in the NFC West after seven games? How are you feeling? I've I'm feeling really good. Like even if they lose to Baltimore in the next six games, that was the kind of group of games we were talking about. I could totally see them, you know, beating the commanders, Rams, Stafford's hurt. I could see them winning that game. And then Cowboys, I think are a bad matchup. Even if they lose two to the Niners and the Eagles three and three, I think they're still right in it. Um, come playoffs. And I think just um, Schneider and Carol are thinking the same exact way because they're picking up a guy like Lem- Leonard Williams. How often have we seen Schneider in the middle of the year at the trade deadline give up something like a second-round pick? That's, like, unheard of. So I think the team is really realizing they have something going, something's cooking. You know, the defense is, um, I think, really scary. And uh, I'm pretty excited, actually. This 5-2 and two is not something we see very often at any team in the NFL, and that's where they are. And I think that's a pretty good sign on the rest of the season. If 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 I if I can counter that real quick, Abe, I I I do think though uh, I pretty much agree with you, Nate. But I do think if we can't figure out a way to go out to uh, to Baltimore and win this game, I think that does really at least at this point kind of show us where our ceiling is, and maybe not ceiling, but it shows it shows us where we're really at because we because. Yes, we're five and two, right? And, and, and we've won some games. We took out the Browns who had a great defense, right? But you've got to be able to go out there and beat the teams that are, that are also being considered contenders, right? For a Lombardi trophy. And so this is, this is one of those games right here. Um, you know, I, I feel like if we can't go to Baltimore and figure out a way to win this game, um, I, I believe that is a bigger setback, um, than, than, than you might think, Nate, because, um, that that's just step one. That that's just that's just the first of of some games. You know, we might make the playoffs, sure, but are we going to beat the, the the Niners and the Philly the the Philly teams and 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 these other teams that are that are you know Super Bowl potentials? Even if we make the playoffs, right? So we we've got to go out there and show that we can go on the road and beat a good team like the Baltimore Ravens. All right, guys, what, what's our what's our projections for this game? It's a ten o'clock game on the East Coast. I I, I just want to throw my my pick out there first uh, because. The last four weeks, the Seahawks have had the number one scoring defense. And I just want to say, I, I, I picked the Brown-Seahawks game to be low scoring. I'm going to pick this one to be a third straight week, a third ugly game in a row. <laughs> and it's going to be Seahawks 14, Ravens 10. I got Seahawks for a win. Ooh. Um, I don't do this often. I don't I, 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 I don't even know the last time I did, but I'm going to pick the Seahawks to lose this game. Um yeah, I I that that we look to every week. I know. I do not I d I don't I never do this, right, Abe? I never do this, but I, I see this team I and I I argue with people all the time, like, you know, I, I love my Seahawks, but I try to be objective. And I think that we are a team that's going to be there. I think we're on our way there. I I am not totally convinced that we're there yet. And I hope I'm proven wrong, but I'm going to say, um, you know, something, you know, I'm going to throw a number out there, like 26, 21. Um, I think we, we fight all the way down to the end, but I think we fall short in this one. Um, and it's going to, it's going to, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Um, and, and I think we, you know, we, we, we pick it, we, we pick up the rear after the fact. 
Uh, maybe go beat Dallas, something like that. But um, I, I, this one, I, I think we might just be a bit over our head. I think you only did that, SoCal, because you know that if you're wrong, you'll still be happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I sadly have to follow Rob too on mine, but oh yeah. no, <laughs> I'm getting outmanned here. What, what's what, what's yeah. your what's your projection? I I think this is the first time I picked against the Hawks, but um, I think the Ravens are either the best team right now or the hottest team right now in the NFL. They just beat a super good Lions team, thirty-eight to six. Mm-hmm. I think they're getting their All-Pro left tackle back this week. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson's just going to have too many running lanes. And I don't think this is the defense that Geno's going to be able to put 30 points on. And I think it'll be 31-27, uh, Ravens will win. Okay, you guys got a higher scoring game. And so does the Soul, or so does, uh, the soul Man, Brian our, Brian, our producer, has the Hawks, 34-29. I guess we'll find out. Wait, how do you get 29 points, Brian? Anyway. <laughs> a couple <I'm> safeties, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we're doing shout-outs here. Do you guys have any shout-outs for this week? You know what? I'm going to take an easy route here, and I'm going to give a shout-out to the Seattle Seahawks um, because I don't believe that there's anybody who would have said something. No one would have said and actually been serious about it. And if anyone who would have said it, I wouldn't have taken them seriously that eight weeks into the season, we would be in the number one spot um, in the NFC West. So um, hats off to the, the entire organization um, for, 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 for making it to this point. Um, so, you know, big up to the Seahawks. That's my shout-out. And uh, for you, Nathan? Yeah, so uh, I'm wearing his jersey, even though he's on a different team that I don't really want to name now. But they did just win the World Series, and uh, Corey Seager was the MVP. It's a tough pill to swallow on the team that won it, you know, as a Mariners fan. But uh, Corey Seager um, played a great series, so. Can shout him out and a big World, World series, series win for him. First World Series MVP from two different teams, right? Oh no, Reggie Jackson yeah. was as well. Oh okay, but yeah, yes. I know he he got MVP with the Dodgers a few years ago, and then he was MVP this year. So yeah, exactly. That's that's pretty amazing. And I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Joe Doyle. He's from Future Star Series. He's a baseball uh, uh, prospects guy, and he was on the show right before us. And uh, you'll see him on you'll see him on. Uh, uh, SeattleSportsUnion.com. Uh, as well, you'll see us. Uh, you'll see our podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Captivate FM, and North Beach Community TV. Uh, thank you, thank you again for joining us on the Seattle Sports Union. Keep touch with us on social media at Facebook and on X at Seattle Sports U. And on th- and a big thank to every- thank you to everybody watching on behalf of the Soul Man Brian Solak, the SoCal Seahawk Rob English, Nathan Savage, myself Abraham Deweese. We'll see you guys next time. Go Hawks.